Are you ready for the Word? Like out of 10, how ready are you? 12, somebody said, just calm down. Calm down. I love it. We're going to um, turn to the Bible. Uh, we're going to turn to uh, John. No, no, we're not going to turn there. We're going to turn to Matthew 13. And we're in a new series and it's a series about stories of life. And you've got to know something about Jesus, that Jesus was the best storyteller ever. He was, he was like, um, He was just unbelievable. He was, it was like magic when He told a story. He was incredible. Jesus had this ability to bring the Kingdom into reality, into people's daily context. I'm thankful for a God that didn't come to earth and talk in mysteries in such a way that people had no way of understanding. I'm thankful. You know, the thing about Jesus is this story we're looking at today, it's called the parable of the sower. It was the first parable Jesus ever told. His first one. And this is a new way of delivery for a lot of people. They've never heard the rabbi, the leader, the pastor, the preacher, the man of God. They've never heard Him deliver things as a story. So everybody is, is thinking, wow, the other thing about this story is Jesus wasn't in the synagogue telling it. Synagogue being like the church building. Synagogue being the place of religion. He wasn't there. He was on a boat. Come on, He was on a boat. Who loves to fish? Who loves the sea? Well, thank God Jesus does too. And Jesus decided to tell His first story on a boat. I'm on a boat and He's on the boat and He tells this story. He's got salt in His beard. He's got dirty feet. He's got sweat in His brow, the sun beating down on Him. And there He is deciding to deliver the truths of the Kingdom to a crowd that have gathered around. If your idea of Jesus is perfect Jesus in a stained glass window looking down on you, you know, and I know I look like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, people are taking photos. Hashtag Jesus, hashtag not real Jesus. Okay, let's get that. Thanks, Ash. <laughs> God, God wasn't just happy to just stay in a, the box that religion had created for Him. He broke out of it. He said, I'm not gonna go and stand in, a, in your synagogue, all you religious people who are starting to annoy me. I'm gonna go sit on a boat and talk to all the hungry people all the people who are willing to follow me through the desert to this place to hear what God wants to say. And come on, isn't it good to know that we here today, 2000 years ago, we, we still 2000 years later can read that same Word that was delivered in a moment. The Word of God is life to your bones. The Word of God is Christ in me. Christ in me is the hope of glory. And how do I get Christ in me? The Word is Christ in me. Not Christ on a bumper sticker. Not Christ on your bedroom wall, whilst that's good. Christ in me is the Word of God living in me, alive and active. John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and everything that was created was created by the Word. 
Who is the Word? Jesus is the Word. And you have access to the Word every day of your life. Come on, if you got your Bible, grab your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, we got a big Bible on the screen. If you don't have that, use your digital device. I don't mind. And the thing about the Word, you need the Word of God. And this is why I am so excited to let you know next week we are launching Day College. Day Bible College is back. We have Night College, but we are launching Day College. And if you're here today and you're hungry for the Word, you're hungry to go deeper, learn more, understand what God's bigger plan is for your life, I so urge you, come and sign up for Bible College. Next week, we have our info morning. It's our first one. College starts in March, 2020. But if you know somebody, it's a perfect gap year for people, for a teenager, for a person leaving school. And I would so encourage you, come to college and dive in to the greatest book ever written. Amen? Amen. So let's read this. Parable of the Sower. And... Um, if I was going to rename it, which I'm not allowed, but I am here, I would, I would rename it the parable of the soil. And I'll explain why. Chapter 13, Matthew, verse 1, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such a large crowds gathered around Him that He got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along a path. Everyone say path. And the birds came in and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places. Everyone say rocky places. Where it did not have much soil, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Everyone say thorns. Come on, say like you mean to say thorns. Still other seed fell on good soil. Come on, say good soil. Where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to Him and asked, why do you speak to them in, to the people in parables? Jesus, what are you doing? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, whatever was sown in their heart. Everyone say heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the Word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the Word, they quickly fall away. 
seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the Word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the Word, making it unfruitful. But, everyone say but. Come on, say like a big but. Say big but. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the Word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. God, speak to us from Your Word. We're hungry today. Lord, whether this is our first time in Your presence in this house, Lord, whether this is our hundred thousandth time, we pray, Lord God, have Your way in our lives. Show us something fresh today in Jesus' Name. They all said, Amen. Amen. Just means I agree. Come on, thank Ruby. You may leave. In James 4 verse 6, it says that God gives grace to the humble, but He resists the proud. The interesting thing about pride is pride creates a barrier between me and God. So much so that I can be hearing, but not really hearing. I can be seeing, but not really seeing. I can be in the environment, but not receiving from the environment, not because I'm not there, but because I have pride. And the interesting thing about pride is that pride actually creates resistance. Here you go, listen, listen, not from the devil. Oh, the devil is really annoying me. I'm sick of the devil. You ever felt like that? Oh man, yeah, I'm having a really tough day because it's the devil, it's the devil, it's the devil, it's Satan, Satan. It's, you know, and we get all real Christian and we go all real Christianese on everybody and we, we go all funny about it and we talk about the devil too much because, you know, stuff the devil, you know, Jesus is Lord and so don't worry about Him. And so we're all worried about this kind of thing. But here it says that pride creates resistance from God, not the devil. Could it be that the key to me receiving what God is giving is humility? Because you can be in a place but have blockage that could actually be from heaven because there needs to be something that changes in our heart and the heart is what represents the soil. Heart is soil. Now what's interesting about this Scripture is God says, the, uh, Jesus says, the Word of God is seed. So God's system is seed. The way He delivers things is through seed. God never built a table, but He sent a seed that could be planted, that could become a tree, that could be used by people to make a table. God's system is seed and the Word of God works in the same. It's a seed that it gets planted in our heart. And what's interesting about this parable is Jesus is telling a story and it's called the the parable of the sower, but it's really the parable of the soil because the sower is sowing the same seed, but there's a different result. Why is it that the same seed produces four different outcomes? Is it the seed? You gotta know something about the Word of God. The Word of God is good, always good. It always will be good and never fails. Come on, talk to me today. The Word of God is alive, sharper than a double-edged sword. It never misses the mark. The Word of God never fails. The Word of God, if you read it and take a hold of it, it'll change your life. 
The Word of God is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The Word of God is consistently good. And what I love about this is it says that the sower scattered the seed. The sower was not exclusive to any type of soil. He was inclusive. He just, just willy-nilly, you know, that is the worst saying ever, willy-nilly, whoever says that. He just scattered the seed, just la, la, la. He just scattered it. But for the seed to become a plant, it's dependent on the soil. Four different types of soil. Four different types of soil, four different environments that the seed is sown into. There's the seed that falls on the path. That is stolen seed. Stolen seed. You can write that down. Stolen seed. There's the seed that falls on rocky places. That is shallow seed. Shallow seed. Seed that falls among the thorns. That is strangled seed. Strangled Seed, there's seed that falls on good soil and that's the successful seed, the seed that brings life and fruitfulness. The four states of the soil, there's the seed that falls on the path and that is those who hear it, but they do not give enough attention to it because it's a path that's not soft enough to receive. It's like a highway. You know, if you wanted to uh, make a garden, you know, who likes gardening? Anybody? You like gardening? Yeah, me either. Okay, so (laughs) gardening. If you were gonna do some gardening, you don't do it on a path. You don't try and create a a garden bed on a highway. It gets trampled. Cars will drive over it. People will walk on it. So when it's a path, it means I haven't created enough context for God to have a garden bed, to have soil that He can speak into. The path. Then there's the rocky places, those who hear it with joy but there's not enough depth, there's not enough patience, not enough plantedness, just made that word up, be quiet. Not not enough consistency and ability to receive. Then there's seed that falls among the thorns. Those who hear it, but there's too much mixture in the soil that the plant can't go deep enough and other things distract the seed and therefore choke it out. Seed that falls on good soil is those who hear it and are receptive. Everyone say receptive. Receptive. How receptive am I to the Word of God when it is delivered? Our heart is our soil. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, Guard your, come on, heart. Because everything you do flows from it. Uh, it does not say it, hang on, let's just get this right. If you have time, guard your heart. No, sorry, it doesn't say that. If you remember, guard your heart. If you can fit it in your schedule, guard your heart. If you can factor it in between Netflix and looking after the kids and taking them to sport and and doing whatever and going to work, it doesn't say that. It says above all else. All means 
all. All means everything. All means the little things, the big things, and the middle things. All means all. Above, highest priority in your life. My heart is my responsibility. Come on, say it with me. Say, my heart is my responsibility. And things can get in our heart, but the thing about it, at the end of the day, if it's in your heart, then it's in your heart. And life happens, right? Who knows? Life happens. Who's been through life, you know? Don't act all Christian and perfect here today because if, if you have experienced some challenges, welcome to the club. If you're a little dysfunctional, welcome to the party because if, if, if you're, in, you're in the right place. The people of God are not the perfect people of God. They're the people who are pursuing Jesus and it's Jesus who perfects us and it's His Word in us that sets us free. Come on, I'm preaching today. So we gotta be ready and open for the Word. What is the state of our soil? I wanna speak to two contexts of soil. I wanna speak, number one, to our collective soil and I wanna speak to our individual soil. Collective soil is our church, our location. Together, we are creating soil. We, we have a heart, we are unified around here so much so that together we create heart and that represents the culture of our church. Culture lives in the heart and expresses itself through the mouth. Because out of the overflow of my heart, the mouth speaks and when I speak, I'm creating things. God said, let there be light. He was not having a tea party. He was creating he said, let there be light appeared. Words are made for creation, not just for communication. So when you get a hold of your tongue and you teach it to say the right things because you've spent time on your heart, as a church, as we take care of the environment that we are creating together, because this is not about one person, this is not about a preacher, this is about us. This is about every person in this room playing their part to build a house that people can call a home. We need to, we need to together do this. This is not dependent on one person. This is everybody playing their part to cultivate the soil of this church. Why? Because we wanna create an environment where people feel at home, where people who've never been to church before feel at home. Where people who have been told you should never go to church because you're so bad feel at home. Where people who've grown up in all sorts of other Eastern religions and other even belief systems can come and feel right at home. We all play a part because this is our house, this is our home. If you're our guest, you're welcome. But if this is your home, we wanna create an environment that is receptive, good soil, we need to honour God by creating good soil in His house. So this means the way we talk to one another matters. The way we respond to church matters. The way we carry ourselves matters. The way we love each other matters. 
We are in this together. We're not competitive. We're not trying to beat each other. We're on the same team. If you win, guess what? I win. If, if they win, guess what? We all just won. If they lose, guess what? I'm losing. If they're going through a hard time, guess what? I'm going through a tough time. We are in this together. Culture is all of our responsibility. It's not down to the worship team just to lead us in worship. We are all worshippers and we worship together. And when we worship together from the front down here together, we open up heaven. This is a team sport. This isn't an individual sport. This is a team sport. This is us and your part to play matters. Don't think that what you do doesn't matter. You have a part to play because you're the body of, the, of Christ. Jesus didn't call us the building of Christ. He calls us, calls us the body of Christ. And a body is dysfunctional if every piece of it doesn't play its part. If the body is missing a piece, then it will not function as it was designed to function. You carry a piece of this body. We need you. We need you. Come on, turn to someone right now and say, we need you. Come on, tell them. Tell them, we need you. We're a body. We're in this together. If someone told you we don't need you, then um, tell me their name and I, I will talk to them after service. Not around here. Okay. I want to tell you a story. This is a, a friend of mine, Steve Burgess. He's a pastor in New Zealand and uh, him and his wife Dawn are the greatest people. And he sent us this story. And I want to read you this story. He wrote it and uh, it's great. So is water. He says this, um, He's writing this, it's titled, Don't Forget, excuse me, Don't Forget the Wilsons are coming for dinner at 7 p.m. He writes this, I left home with these words ringing in my ears. We always have people over for dinner every week. Seven-ish rolled around, the Wilsons were there and seated when I arrived home. Admittedly, I was a little late for whatever reason. But Dawn, his wife, she understands. <laughs> she knows my heart, or so I thought. I couldn't help but feel a tinge of unspoken disappointment from her as we ate. Any husbands can relate? Okay. <laughs> and I, 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 later on that night, Dawn spoke the unspoken. She came to me and said, Dinner was at seven. I needed you there by six. Steve replied, as every dumb, dumb husband does, he said, why? <laughs> she said, because it's your home. 7 p.m. was the arrival time for the guests. When Dawn said, don't forget the Wilsons are coming for dinner at seven, what I should have understood is the implication that I needed to be there a little earlier to help to prepare a warm atmosphere for their arrival. 
Okay, this didn't happen. Not with the Wilsons. We didn't even know anyone in Christchurch with that surname. I made this story up. But I was thinking this morning, imagine if everybody together came early to prepare a place so that our guests who are here for the first time in our house, this is your home. This is yours. This is not mine. This is ours. Imagine what would happen if I could create that atmosphere for them to arrive. Don't worry, you'll get to eat too. But this is your home. So let's prepare a place for our guests. Ben, you can join me. And I say this to encourage us. And I wanna thank our team. Can we just put our hands together and thank our team who do such an incredible job preparing a place. And, and together we can do this and we wanna invite you. If you wanna come and be a part of that, we'd love you to be a part of that aspect of church life. And I really, we wanna make it doable to be in that realm of, of serving in church, playing your part. We wanna make it doable. And I understand that there's totally a lot of things on, but we do wanna make it doable because when all of us contribute together, it makes the load lighter. So rather than it being dependent on a few, as we all together carry the load, hand in hand, arm in arm, the load is lighter so we can be better together. So I just wanna say this, that if, if you wanna join the team, if you're on the team, we would love to create a rhythm and a culture of this. And we would call it sit one, serve one. Sit one, serve one. And it would look like come to, come to church one week, just be in church. And the next week, come and help create the service. The next week, be in church, sit in church. And the next week, come and help create the service. I don't want you on 29 teams. I don't, I don't, we, we don't want it to be this thing that burns you out. We want it to be a joy. We want it to be a, a, a labour of love. And so we wanna create a healthy rhythm that we can all do this together. Sit one, serve one, sit one, serve one. So we can create good soil, a place where people can flourish, a place where people can thrive. As I land here, there's our collective soil, there's our individual soil. How is your heart today? Is it receptive? If you could bow your eyes, don't bow your eyes, that's quite hard. <laughs> Close them, bow your head. I think it works better like that. That'd be preferable. Two things we're gonna do right now. Number one, I just want us all to do a little heart check. And this is really good. This is, there, there, please hear me, there is no condemnation. This is not like you're in trouble. This is just that all of us need to do this on a regular basis. This is a really good habit. And if I could, if I could help us, if I could be like a catalyst to introduce this habit, that would be my goal. That in your week, I know there's a lot on, but in your week, there's time with you and God, where you do a heart check. 
Have you created room for God? That's how we get rid of the path. Create space for Him. Is there depth in my soil? Is there rocks? Is there hurt? Is there bitterness? Is there offence? Forgiveness brings greater depth to our soil. Freedom creates room so that God's Word can take root. Are we here today and maybe thorns, worries, wealth, things of the world are choking out the love and the truth of God in our life? If that's you, maybe, maybe it's just a little heart check this morning to make a shift in that place. Maybe you're here today and it's good soil. Let the Word of God do its work. Don't get impatient with the Word. Let it do its work. If your heart is receptive, God is working. The plant will come soon. It starts as a seed. Let the seed grow. Water the seed because you have good soil. So Lord, we just open our hearts to to you today. (laughs) Have your way. Have your way in our lives. Let your word work. We pray, Lord, let our hearts be like good soil. Let our church be like good soil. Let it feel like a home. God, we pray this house would feel like a home. Your house, Lord, would feel like a home to many. God, it would feel like a home for the broken. It'd feel like a home for the hopeless. It'd feel like a home for those who've got everything in life but still feel empty. Lord, let this house feel like a home for hundreds and in due time, thousands. Lord, let this house be a home for humanity. God, let it be a place where people feel Your presence, where people experience Your grace. Lord, let this be a house that's like a beacon of light in the community, that when people drive down the road on Silverwater Road, that people talk about it, that people reference it. That's that church. That's that place. When I walked in there, I felt so welcome. When I walked in there, they prayed with me. When I walked in there, they spent time to listen to me. When I walked in there, the church was on fire. Man, that place is full of life. That place isn't religious. That place is full of freedom. That place is full of healing. That place is full of joy. God, let this house be a house that honours You by being a home for the world in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you believe it today, shout with praise. Thank You, Jesus.